Hey, welcome back. How you guys doing? I am up here on the mountaintop. The parrot's flying over. <laughs> I figured I would try and do a stream. And it uh, looks like I've still got the same title as the last stream, but whatever. I'll fix it later. I'll call it something like... Yeah, I know what I could call it. I could call it, uh, no, no, that won't work. I know what I'll call it. I'll call it Quarren Stream. Quarren Stream. You know, that's like better than the good streams. Quarren Stream. That's kind of cool, huh? Um, I'm trying to figure out how to actually see what I'm doing on here. It's really funny because, um, it's a different setup on my laptop than it is on my um, my main computer. And so when I'm when I'm live, it's like I, I don't know why it's so much harder. But they've they've changed some stuff inside of YouTube too. So there you go. So I'm trying to figure out where is my live control room? <laughs> so I can actually see what you guys are saying. Let me see. Where are we? Oh yeah yoy. Oh, shucks. I don't even know where it is, you know. Trying to find a... Oh, well, let's see. Maybe if I go over to my videos. Oh, shucks. Is this working? No, I don't know. Well, maybe I can Maybe I can watch the stream si uh, sideways. That's not going to work. Just a minute. I'm working on it there. Where's my, where's my live stream? I think I'm on it. Am I, am I on it? working on I'm working on it oh there we go <laughs> okay I can see you guys all right for goodness sakes I'm sorry hey <laughs> hey sis hey Ross Danny Glenn Richard Geekasaurus Rex Danny D 519 Jenny Elizabeth Reed Josette Allen Ross Karen Christine, Joe Guy. Hey, how you guys doing? Hello from Ohio. How cold is it in Ohio right now? You guys able to start gardening yet, or are you still in the, the starting transplants phase? Quarant stream. Yeah, why not? Hey, Joseph Locke from Ocala. All right, my old stomping grounds. Parrots are something else. I mean, if the parrots find a fruit tree here, it's amazing because they'll they'll swarm it sometimes. And they, they haven't gotten into my trees recently one day a couple of parrots found the starfruit tree and i sent one of my boys out there to just throw stuff at them and they didn't come back see the thing is is once they find a fruit tree then they come back with all their rowdy friends and they will just totally strip it it's amazing <laughs> mama wood says whoop whoop my alada is coming and my husband is convinced i have lost it oh yeah hey betty from florida Yes, Christina, pull it off. Hey, Theta Dream. Hello from Charleston, South Carolina. The 4G did it. You're right. Up on top of the mountain. Um, Lydia says, still week, weeks out to plant in Ohio. Boy. At least you have spring to look forward to. Um, where I live, it's just spring forever and ever and ever. There's nothing to look forward to. It's like, well, do I want to plant corn today? I guess I could plant corn today. Maybe I'll just plant it next week. Really doesn't matter. 
Luca says hello from Romania. Hello, hello from New Jersey. Hey Derek, nice to see you again. Aloha from Hawaii. Hawaii's not that different from here. Misery, I mean Missouri. Hello from Central NC. I've got uh, relatives in Fayetteville. NC. Betty's still trying to learn how to plant in the shade. Max says, hey, love your vids. Hope you're surviving, surviving Corona safely. Yeah, we've been like basically under self-quarantine for uh, 10 weeks now. Ash, Ash Wednesday, I think, was when we went under, which was kind of fitting. You know, let's, why not? Um, but uh, it, it's, it's not supposed to be that bad around here, but the, the restrictions from government are just insane. Um, just, it's like really hard to get shopping and, and stuff done. So I haven't even tried, but fortunately I have some good friends, um, that have, that have gone out and resupplied us a few times. And I have, uh, I have some friends that own a machine shop and they are making me a still right now so I can make my own rum. I already growing my own tobacco. I'll have my own rum. We'll just ride this sucker out. Um, Karen, thank you so much for the super chat. Karen says a 1999 super chat. Yay. Live stream. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. These um, these little survival gardener minutes are not real big on the ad revenue side of things, but uh, it's a good way for me to, to stay connected. And, you know, um, once I figured out now that I can climb all the way to the mountaintop, it's actually the guy that's doing the, the book layout on the new book. The new book that's coming out is Florida Survival Gardening. And it's I haven't figured out the subtitle yet, but it'll be something like growing food and you know, in tough times or something like that, um, in the Sunshine State, Florida gardening in tough times or something like that. I totally rip off, you know, Steve Solomon's gardening when it counts, growing food in hard times. I don't know. It was something like that. But um, he is is doing the book layout, and the publisher has optioned uh, to do. They may do an archival leather-bound version of it along with the regular paperback, which would be kind of like way over the top awesome but since i'm doing all these cool like old style pen and ink botanical illustrations i'm thinking like in a leather bound with those black and white botanical illustrations inside and like an old font would be so stinking cool the book will survive longer than any of us um because they've got like they've got a company that does these you know archival for centuries books but they're they're interested in doing it so hey, we'll see what happens kind of kind of crazy it's like the collectible leather version I don't even know if I'll get one, <laughs> but anyhow, um, he told me he's doing the book layout and he said, you know, you're getting some internet by going up, you know, partway up. Why don't you see if you can hike all the way to the top of the mountain range and see if you can actually get inside of a tower. And so that's, that's what I did yesterday. I came up here and I, I hiked to the top and I was so surprised that I could post one of my videos in like one minute. So I, I went over to Unauthorized and I posted this almost one hour presentation on unauthorized.tv about, um, about how to start a garden with double digging, how to start your first garden with basically no infrastructure. And I'd been wanting to post that for about 10 weeks and I haven't had internet that was good enough to do it. And I didn't dare do it, you know, cause like my phone would stop and start, stop and start, just wouldn't, wouldn't work. So I've, I'm going to just buy more data and use this for my office. Um, you can see, I mean, it's, it's really pretty out here um, behind me. I don't know if you can see that. It's a beautiful place. 
Um, so, anyhow, uh, I, I found out now that I have good internet, so I'm able to, I'll be able to do some longer videos and stuff, and I have just posted, uh, on thesurvivalgardener.com, I have posted a new, um, set of photos from the garden that I took on my nice Canon, rather than the, uh, photos I've just been taking on my phone. It's really cool, so. Theta Dreams, it's gardening during fake viruses. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> Uh, Virginia Chai says, love, grow, or die book. Very helpful. Thank you very much. Hey, Brad. Uh, Ed Bradley. Sorry, I said Brad first. Hey, Bradley, Ed. Pastor Don, welcome back. Uh, Shashka Kile. <laughs> nice to see you again. Yeah, it's, it is forever spring. It's crazy. Bryce asks, how is the garden at your mom with some of my nieces and nephews picking mulberries? Mulberry trees just keep going and going and going, which is, it's, it's, they're just amazing. The starfruit tree keeps going and going and going. The, the, the mango, the cherry out front, the tamarind is producing now, which wasn't before. So even though, you know, it's not really super actively being taken care of, my mom does take care of it as she has time. She's, she had been very busy, but um, now basically she's been, you know, she's home from work and... You know, my, I guess my sisters are home too, so they put in a patio out back and stuff. I don't know that they're doing any annual gardening, but the, the fruit trees have been the best investment ever, you know. Uh, Mama Wood says, the gardener is sending me a lot of mini sets. Do I just plant them? Um, email me a picture if you don't mind, and, and I'll tell you. It depends on how big they are. Uh, David at FloridaFoodForests.com. Uh, just send me a picture because basically like about that big is a good planting size, but you don't want them, um, you know, you don't want them too small. And if they're too big, you can probably subdivide them again. So, oh, thank you, Christine. I appreciate that. Yeah. Gardening in the zombie apocalypse. I told my wife the other day, I said, you know, there's something that's really messed up about this, this whole thing. I said, I said, you know, I said, there's all these people that have passed away, and I said, it's been terrible, but the, the thing they aren't telling you is that they're coming back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, try putting up a flagpole. I would have to be a really, really tall one. Arkansas Woodcutter says, I would love a mango tree, but I'm in zone 7 slash 8. I'll tell you, the closest thing to a mango you can grow in, in zone 7 slash 8, which is a pretty good replacement, is a good... Japanese persimmon tree. I tell you what, like a good fuyu, um, and I also I really like the astringent ones as well. But uh, but man, a fuyu is like right off the tree. It's it's about mango good. That's what I would grow if I was in seven slash eight. Hey Craig, nice to see you too. Thank you. Hey John, John Mollison, my uh, another author friend of mine. John Mollison is a is a good. I would call you a pulp writer, John. He's a he's like a pulp sci-fi writer, and and he's one of the few people that writes as fast as I do. <laughs> uh, Geekasaurus Rex says, "I know you don't disclose the country you live in, but I'm thinking of taking up residence in Central or South America. Is it difficult to get permanently? Elsewhere, we had a lot of friends that were internationals. My dad worked with international college students, so we had friends that were we had a lot of friends that were Chinese." We had some Japanese friends. We had friends from all over South America, Central America, etc. Islanders. Our church had quite a few um, Jamaican Islanders and Haitians and others. But I'll tell you what: when you are 
the only American in an area for, for quite a ways, you just start to get lonely. There's nobody that knows like what the X-Files are. I mean, it's a, that's, that's dumb, right? But I'm just telling you, like, like the shared experiences that you had as part of America do not mean anything to the locals. The names that you have for things don't mean anything to the locals. Um, the, there, there's some, it's very strange. And I've realized after a few years that I will never, ever be a native. That, that my tribe is the Florida tribe. I am Florida man. And, and that is just what it is. You actually give up uh, uh, a chunk of your heart, I think, to expatriate. And the legal side of things can be a pain in the neck to, to deal with. We've had all kinds of problems. Um, not serious problems, but problems like you know, trying to get citizenship and then finding out we didn't have such and such piece of paper in four years ago when we were supposed to have it in, which means we have to wait like an additional decade or something. It's just like, wow, it is, it's this convoluted mess and it's very hard to navigate. There's all kinds of things that are, are difficult that way. Um, on the upside, you are getting away from the American empire right before it probably collapses. I mean, I don't think that the United States is going to continue in its current form uh, for more than probably another decade or two. It's probably going to break up. So that was kind of, you know, one of the reasons I left. I, the other reason was I just wanted to do tropical agriculture. And, and even if I had to come back, like I tell you, I would love to come back to Florida. I don't really want to come back in the middle of a pandemic, but I miss Florida. You know, I miss my people really badly. <laughs> there are times, like I even miss the sand sometimes. I have the best garden soil that I have ever had right now like it is volcanic clay loam and it's mostly loam it is fantastic soil and i kind of miss sand just because it's familiar um but i i miss being able to um to you know go out and and meet meet with gardeners and go do talks and that kind of stuff i'm i'm like nobody here and and making inroads has not been easy at all so you know, if I, if I go back to Florida, I have friends absolutely everywhere all across the state. And I have friends that I haven't even met yet. I have people, there's a lot of you that I have interacted with all over the place. Um, you know, uh, I've interacted with them on, on Instagram and on YouTube and traded emails and stuff. I have friends that I haven't even met that are all over Florida and all over the United States, internationally too. You know, I've got a I've got a, a friend that writes me regularly from the island of Malta. I've never met her, but we've traded gardening information back and forth. You know, I mean, it's it's so it's uh it's tempting sometimes. It's tempting, but man, it's also really hard to deal with all the regulations and stuff. I mean, if you look at the I I built my own house. I don't have any neighbors calling on me because my front yard has weeds in it. Um, you know, I have a composting toilet system and I'm not in danger of having code enforcement come and, and lock me up or something or find me every day. So, you know, it's there back and forth and back and forth. Rehoboth Farm says, I miss 1986. Yeah, I completely understand. I understand. How to garden is tired of the Florida sand. <laughs> it has its moments. Derek says, I've heard horror stories about people who moved to, say, Costa Rica, but also heard totally awesome from others. Is it truly dangerous or anything in your opinion to move to a place like you're at? 
a lot of Central America is is violent and dangerous. Um, parts of South America too. And you are a target when you stand out. Um, I am in an I am in a nowhere area that has uh, it's mostly agricultural and. One of the first things I do is introduce myself to all the neighbors. I go to the local place where people drink rum and hang out, and I, I deal with the ribbing and the pushing back and forth and stuff until I kind of get accepted as, ah, that's that guy that lives down the road, and they find me entertaining because I think differently and I act differently and I have a bad accent and all that stuff. So, um, and, then, and then what I've done is every time I'm growing something new and one of my neighbors sees it, I'm like, you want some seeds? So, like... My neighbor next door now has white tomatoes, and my neighbor up the street has black tomatoes and stuff because every time I'm just like, here, try some of these, try some of these. And then in turn, people come down, and they, like, bring me – they've dug up a variety of banana they think I'll like, or they'll bring me a pumpkin. Like, one of the neighbors came by and dropped a pumpkin off for my wife to cook, and so I planted seeds from it, you know, that kind of thing. So that's the way you get to be friendly and have things work out, but it's not easy, you know, Uh there have been times like when I'm out at the, um, you know, when I'm when I'm out having a drink where somebody starts giving me a hard time, and then some of the other guys are like, ah, no, 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 you know, that's that's David, he's all right. So, um, thank you. Oil Science sends a twenty dollar super chat, much appreciated. I have missed doing these live streams, guys. <clears throat> Let me see here. What did I miss? What did I miss? Okay, all right, I got the live streams. Yeah, or steal your children. There's always that. Dana says, you might enjoy living on the big island of Hawaii. I don't know if I could afford Hawaii. And I, I think, um, I mean, from what I've heard, it's it's quite regulated, too. <laughs> Pastor John says, move to Mississippi. We're sort of like third world here. <laughs> the Bean says, hi, David. Sadly, Green Dean has been missing from YouTube for the past year. Do you keep in touch with him, and is he okay? You know, I wondered what happened to Green Dean, too. I wrote him not that long ago, and I don't think I heard back. I hope he's okay. I mean, you know, maybe he's retired, retiring or something. Um, I do hope he's okay. Green Dean has done us all one of the best, um, one of the best services, I think, you know, in terms of his foraging videos and his website are just fantastic. Yeah, I don't see... No, I don't see that I, that he got back to me. Um, no. So anyhow, yeah, no, I, I, I hope he's okay. If anybody's heard from him or seen any posts, <clears throat> I should write him again. You know, he probably gets a lot of emails. A guitar is an easy way to make friends. Yes, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Virginia Chai says, how easy is it to make a living? It's not easy because I am a foreigner, so therefore I have to pay like fees and get a special license and stuff to work locally, so I don't. Um, I, I, I write books, you know, so my, my books are my income, and I do freelance work for people. I do audio production sometimes. I mean, in the past, I did a lot of voice work. I have voiced audiobooks for people, and uh, I did voice acting. I don't do that very much anymore because the clients have dried up, and I haven't chased it because I'm, I'm just busy. Um, 
writing gardening books. It's the best thing I can do right now. I mean, my, my totally crazy, easy Florida gardening book has been selling at record levels um, this this spring. And Grow or Die has been selling really well, too. Okay, Theta Dream says he just sent out a newsletter today, still doing tours. Good. So maybe he's concentrating on his local stuff. <clears throat> good, good. Green Dean is fine and doing in-person classes around Florida. Deanna, have a good night. Joe Guy says, hey, David, what's a good fast-growing fruit or vegetable for Zone 8 in mid-Louisiana? Um, peaches can produce in two to three years. Uh, but if you want something that's going to, like, feed you right away, it's very hard to beat beans. Green beans are a really quick uh, crop, 52 days. And they also leave the soil in good shape after. So that's nice. Um, if you want really quick, I mean, you can grow radishes, but they're not particularly filling. That's 28 days for radishes. Turnips are uh, 50, 60, 70 days, depending on the variety. If you grow um, sunflowers, they're actually pretty fast. Zucchini and summer squash are quite quick. They're like 50, 50, 50 to 60 days, something like that. So, But um, for fruits and vegetables, you know, the, the fastest fruit tree that I grew was the mulberry. I planted it one year, and I was harvesting the next year. <clears throat> expat Prepper says, being an expat in the Philippines is so nice, and not having you hear nonsense about how my ancestors must over certain groups. Yeah. Um, the uh, it, It's kind of good to be in a place where you're so different as to just be a curiosity rather than somewhat familiar but hated. <laughs> Flame Tree Farm says, your book for what to grow in Florida was so very helpful. Thank you. Gigasaurus just bought Totally Crazy Easy Gardening in Florida. I'm picking up the rest of the books as well. Cool. Yeah, is this a mountaintop experience? Yes, it literally is. <laughs> pole beans are great. Yeah. Pole beans are great. They take about 10 days longer than bush beans, but they are really like heavier producers, and they're really scrappy, you know? <laughs> no, no, I don't feel like the king of the world at the top of the mountain. If I recall, I think Satan was the king of the world uh, who, you know, remember he, he took Jesus up and he said, look it, I'll give you all the nations of the world if you just fall on your knees and worship me. And Jesus is like, no. <laughs> no, don't want to have anything to do with the king of this world. Uh, the Bean says, how has Biden's Alba done where you are? I, I found some patches of it, but it's not very common. And I sprinkled some seeds in my food forest, and they didn't come up, which is surprising. Arkansas Woodcutter says, I've got to find a mulberry tree. They should grow well in Arkansas if you're still there. Uh, Jason says, I believe Robert has some seeds for mulberry. I would not start mulberry from seeds because of the long juvenile period. I know I start almost everything from seed. But um, mulberries come in male and female, and they have an 8 to 10 year wait often before they will fruit from seeds, which is insane. So when I'm talking about getting a really fast turnaround, that's from a grafted or a cutting. A cutting will produce very quickly. Often they'll produce when they're a foot or two tall in the pot because they think they're mature already. And anytime a mulberry tree gets trimmed back or the leaves get broken or something, it often starts to produce. So I would plant from cuttings if you can get them. 
Brand says, my various pepper seedling leaves are turning purple. It seems that the ones most directly under my fluorescent light are most affected. Thoughts? Sounds like a nutrition deficiency to me, but um, I don't know if they could be getting sunburn from fluorescent light. Do you have 5G? No, I don't know. Um, I might try giving him a foliar feeding and see if it makes a difference. Um, magnesium deficiency would be my first thought. But it might, you know, if you just had an all-around like uh, like Dynagro or something like that or some compost tea or something, I don't know if I would use compost tea indoors. <laughs> I would probably use something more artificial like Dynagro or miracle Grow or something like that and just hit them once and see if um, they'll push through the deficiency because those have the micronutrients and it's and it's pretty easy to know that you have all that stuff in there. Whereas uh, when you're making a, a manure tea or something, you don't exactly know what your ratios and balances are. <clears throat> I mean, it's already not natural to grow stuff indoors under light, so you might as well just double down. And uh, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Ed says, what about Moringa tree in zone 8A? Uh, I would start it from seeds on a heat mat in spring. Plant them out after all danger of frost. Plant the seedlings out, and they should grow to probably 10, 15 feet before they freeze. Believe it or not, they are super fast, and you can dry the leaves. Take the leaves inside and dry them. Somewhere I've got a picture of just leaves spread all over one room of my house because I, I dried them indoors before a frost in North Florida. Mario uh, says, what do you think of hyacinth bean, zone 9B? Hyacinth bean is, is fantastic. grows very well. Very, very easy to grow. It's almost wild, um, but it does have some some toxins in it. So you have to make sure that you are taking good care to cook it well first. Um, Green Dean would actually take it and boil them once, change the water, and then bring them to a boil again, and then eat them. So they're, they, but they're eaten all over the place. I mean, Lab Lab beans are common all over India and Asia, so I wouldn't worry that much about it. I just definitely don't eat them when they're raw and don't eat them undercooked. Um, but I love them. I'm, I've got some in my garden right now. <clears throat> Numenor Bear says, well, let me find this. Uh, oh, does one find specific breeds online or just be smart enough to know the Latin name for plants? The special yam you recommended specifically. Well, obviously, I know the Latin name for every plant because I'm a very smart boy. So, I, I mean, even in normal conversation, I'm like, do you like my prunus persica? And the person's like, I thought that was a peach. I'm like, oh, of course that's what you thought because you're not smart like I am. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> it helps to have the Latin name, uh, but there's a lot of common names for stuff too that usually get you by, particularly on English-speaking websites. Um, <laughs> like, but if you, if you have something that's called a sapote, who knows? Everything's a sapote. Or if something's called a cherry, who knows? Everything's called a cherry. Um, prunus avium. <laughs> um, but if you're looking for cultivars, usually a lot of the cultivars are named. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to look for that orange with the dimple in the bottom. I mean, everybody knows that that's a navel orange and it's, and it's common enough. Some of the more exotic stuff like Dioscoria alata, it has multiple names. Greater yam, winged yam, water yam. It's got, you know, a few different names, but that's why Dioscoria alata is useful, and that's why I usually just use the Latin name because the local names vary. But generally, you're going to be able to find it. So, <clears throat> Let me see. 
<laughs> Danny Nichols says, the compost your enemies tea came today, presenting it tomorrow. Photos to follow. All right. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, have her send a picture. Uh, thank you, Numenor Bear. I appreciate it. Ed says, does 5G affect gardens? We're not allowed to talk about it because YouTube will take this video down. The moon landing was fake, too, by the way. Ah, no, shoot. Oh, no, don't, don't. No. YouTube, that was a joke. That was a joke, YouTube. We did it. We did it in that gold foil thing, and it just it doesn't look like it was dropped on the surface by a crane at all, and I totally believe that that rover fit perfectly inside of the lander. So don't take me down. Don't take me down, YouTube. I'm just a gardener. I'm just goofing off. Um, do I miss Publix? Yes. <laughs> yes, I miss Publix. <laughs> Jason is contemplating Dioscoria Batatas. Archanima got a contract with Prozac. <laughs> Dylan says, can you grow avocado in North Florida? Yes, definitely. There are some very nice avocado trees um, growing up through there. There, there are avocados that will take zone 8 without much trouble. The The key is, is, is protecting them when they're young and getting varieties that uh, have cold, hardy genes. And one way you can tell, actually, if you're at the nursery and there's an avocado, is take a little bit of a leaf and crush it. If it smells like licorice or anise, that is a cold, hardy variety. It's one of those weird things, but the, the genes for that aroma are linked to the cold hardiness, and there's, there's varieties growing in um, cold areas of Mexico that will do fine, and um, they've been widely propagated now, so you should be able to find them. But take care of them for the first few years. I would protect them well the first few years, particularly if you have a big change in temperature from days that are in the 70s down to know 15 degrees overnight cover that sucker do not count on it living when it gets bigger and it gets canopy and it gets a larger trunk it can handle a lot more cold i mean the cold hardiness in trees increases greatly as the tree increases in size they get used to it so <clears throat> uh let's see now you should mail, mail me a sub <laughs> the Burrow Lounge says, what if your compost pile is leaking black smelly liquid? Toss it? No, absolutely not. That black smelly liquid is called pure fertility. That's like gold for your garden. Um, this is why I, I like to make compost piles near fruit trees, and then I put concrete bottoms on the pile. So that way it keeps the fruit tree roots from coming up into the compost pile, but any of the leaching that goes out the edges of the compost pile will feed the tree. So no, no, don't toss it out. That's good stuff. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> uh, Joe Guy says, are pickles just a type of cucumbers, and are they only sweet and sour when fermented? Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a good question. Um, cucumbers come in various varieties, and traditionally the pickling varieties are, are, are they're a little denser and heavier, and sometimes they have a little thinner skins. It depends on the variety, but like I'm, I'm growing Boston pickling right now. And it's very slightly astringent, but it has a very nice flavor to it, a little denser than, say, your straight eight cucumbers. And when they are pickled, so traditionally, pickles are not made by pouring vinegar over them. That's what you'll see. Oh, here's how you make pickles. You pour vinegar over them. No. What you do is you put them in a salt brine, and you can throw in a few spices like mustard and black pepper, mustard seeds, black pepper seeds, a little bit of garlic. Oh, yeah. 
you put them in a brine of salt, so very salty water. You submerge all those cucumbers in it. You cut the blossom ends off because uh, there's an enzyme in there that will make them soft. And if you have some grape leaves, stick a couple of grape leaves in with it because the tannins will help make the, uh, the cucumbers stay really nice and crisp. Then you just cover that with something, cheesecloth, you put a lid on it, whatever, just leave it very slightly cracked so the gases of fermentation won't um, you know, crack the jar or anything. And then you let it sit for about two weeks, a week. I mean, in warm temperatures, it's like a few days and it starts to get sour. Uh, but when I was in Tennessee, it took about two weeks. And then you can pull them out of there and they are sour because there are bacteria that will go ahead and make vinegar. Actually, it's lactic acid. So it's, it's you know, when you pour vinegar over it, it's just industrial vinegar and stuff. It's not alive. When you take them and ferment them, they, they get that sourness because those bacteria win and they create all this lactic acid, which prevents competition and it prevents spoilage. So you might get a little spot of mold or something floating on top of the water or the brine, but it's, it's perfectly safe to eat anything in it. If you've ever had yogurt, that's all full of these lactobacillus cultures, which are really, really good for you. And so those fermented pickles are really good for you. It's varieties that look like pickles are just a different type of cucumber. They're the same species that's just, to, they've just been bred to be better pickles. But you could pickle any cucumber, no problem. Yeah, go run out and smell the avocado leaves, Betty. Come on back afterwards. I'll be here a few more minutes. It's going to get dark soon. The, the tropical sun goes away really fast when it decides to. <clears throat> Geekasaurus says, I have a really shady area in my yard. It gets two to three hours of morning light. Weeds are abundant, though. Can I use this area to push my zone to plant things that I normally can't here in zone B? Yes. Plant towards the edges of the canopy where you're going to get um, the morning light, if you can get the morning light. Yep, so you get two to three hours of morning light, and uh, you you could you could pull stuff off there like like star fruit. You might you probably could pull off a Barbados cherry. Almost certainly could pull off a Suriname cherry. Um, I have I grew some things I tried to grow in the shade just simply wouldn't do it. Like I found that Japanese persimmons will not fruit in the shade. They just don't want to, but citrus will grow in the shade. So you could probably put a key lime tree in there. Um, so long as it's just under the canopy of that tree on an icy night, it usually will get through. But 9B is pretty warm, so it should be fine. Expat Prepper says, I tried and tried to grow tomatoes in the Philippines. Nothing would grow here except wild Everglades tomatoes. Thanks for the advice. David, now I have all my neighbors growing them too. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Good work. Any idea why I would have sweat bees all over my cherimoya? They're probably pollinating it. I have them going through my gardens too. <laughs> Annalena is watching from South Africa. All right, welcome. I do not have a fermenting book. The best book on fermenting I read was uh, Wild Fermentation by Sander Katz. Um, it's kind of a weird dude, but it's a really good, really good resource. And he just did a big, I mean, he did a big, big book on fermentation, which I don't have yet. So I can't recommend it, but I'm sure it's fantastic. Uh, let's see. Jennifer says, do I have to graft something into my avocado tree from seed to get fruit? It's 25 feet tall and healthy. No fruit. May need a pollinator. The question is, has it bloomed? If it's bloomed and it's not setting fruit, then it needs a pollinator. If it haven't, hasn't bloomed, then it's still a juvenile. 
if you cut it back, you can graft whatever avocado types you want onto the resulting shoots. So let's say you cut it down to six feet tall. It will start putting shoots out from that stump that you've cut it down to. Those shoots, when they get, you know, like that big around, you can graft on whatever avocados you want. Or you can just wait and see. If it hasn't bloomed yet, it's it's got to bloom uh, before it's, there's any chance of setting fruit. But if it's bloomed and it's not getting any fruit setting from the blooms, then it needs a pollinator. In that case, I would just plant another one nearby or take one of the branches and graft in some cyan wood from a tree that is a um, mature tree. And so part of the tree will bloom with one variety and the rest of the tree will bloom with the other violet variety and hopefully it pollinates itself. <clears throat> Brand says, how long do you wait on your swamp water before you use it? Usually a week or two. Expat Prepper asked if I had tried the coconut wine made from the sap of the coconut tree. No, I have not. I have had uh, coconuts ferment on the counter and then I just drank them. Carsville, Virginia, growing avocados and mangoes. Very good, Coach Drew. Are you growing them in a greenhouse or are you growing them outdoors? Or are you, uh, are you near the ocean? It's very cool. I love pushing the zone. Extra points for pushing the zone. Uh, LTAC says he's heard that uh, only the leaves of Moringa are, ed are edible. Other parts might be somewhat hazardous. Yeah, it's possible. I've heard that the roots are not good to eat. No, I don't feel like updating my info on the on the the tree. <laughs> yes, Arch, he is. Uh, John says my orange tree is starting to fruit and dropping more thumb-sized young fruit than years past. Cause for concern? No, uh, the the tree will spontaneously abort a lot of the small fruit in years. It doesn't feel like carrying them all happens all the time. Our, our grapefruit trees do that too. I've got, I've got little oranges and grapefruits falling in the yard right now. It will, it will bloom and then the bees come and pollinate everything and then the tree decides how many it wants to carry and then it throws all the rest of them off. The bean says, what Fla Florida wild edible do you miss the most? I miss Smilax shoots in the spring and fall. I used to cook those with uh, butter and garlic like asparagus. It's really good. Uh, I also miss persimmons. <laughs> Scott is chopping a non-productive fig to the ground. It's not sunny enough to fruit. Any suggestions to actually kill it so I can use the ground for other plants? It's been there for six years. Yeah, I would drill some holes in the top of it and um, pour salt into the holes and then and then you know, drip a little water in there so it absorbs it into the plant, you probably kill it that way. And eventually the salt just washes out of the ground too. I'd probably salt it, but, um, you know, or the other thing I've done is chop a tree down and light a fire over the roots till it burns out. My YouTube channel says, have you had any success grafting different species of tree together? No, not really. I tried, I tried um, grafting Prunus avium to Prunus virginiana. So that was, uh, no, not Prunus virginiana, Prunus uh, serotina. So I tried grafting sweet cherries onto black cherries, and they did not take, but I had heard they wouldn't take, but I tried it anyways. I tried grafting um, fig onto mulberry because they're related. That didn't work. Mulberry onto fig doesn't work either. 
Um, but uh, generally, generally stuff inside of the same families and, and inside the same species were the only things that really worked well. Joe Guy says, do all papaya have that weird taste? No, some of them have more of a musky flavor, and some of them taste a lot like a, a, a melon. Joni says, pushing the zone, title of your next book, seriously. No, I already wrote a book called Push the Zone. Literally, go look it up on Amazon. David the Good, Push the Zone. <laughs> I already wrote the book. I wrote a whole book on how to zone push. Anna says, signs of too much boron in the ground. I make my laundry soap with borax and drains into my garden. Yeah, if stuff dies, then it's too much. I don't know if it's like it'll start burning first because, I, I mean, I ran I ran a lot of stuff out. I run the um, the washing machine out, and it doesn't seem to burn anything yet. But if you have sandy soil, it generally is, is pretty mobile and runs through. Expat Prepper says, do you need a male and female mulberry tree to pollinate? No. If you have a female mulberry tree, you take cuttings of it, you plant those cuttings, it will make fruit, but the fruit will not have seeds. If there is a male tree nearby, the fruit will have seeds. So it's a wonderful thing about mulberries is that they're seedless fruit, but they're nice full-size fruit, even with no male present. So they can actually they can actually still produce a fruit. So it's, it's worth just planting females, and it also keeps the seeds from ending up spreading all over your yard and starting a bunch of... Um, particularly varieties like people don't like the white mulberries because they're crossing with native mulberries and messing up the ecosystem. So if you have just females, that doesn't happen uh, unless there is a male pollinator somewhere nearby and it starts crossing. <coughs> Pastor Don says, you can't grow persimmons in Cuba. Well, it's just that I haven't been able to get any seeds because nobody's growing them. So I don't know. They're really supposed to be zone 9 like zone six to nine depending on variety i would try it if i could get seeds but i i, I can't so hey do stuff with nikki welcome hey joni welcome late to the party but nice to see you uh are used paper towels good for the compost piles yes use paper towels no problem uh, all of ours go in the compost sometimes uh i spare my my wife the hard work of uh you know <laughs> and kids because my wife's my wife does the dishes sometimes and my kids do the dishes other times and sometimes it's a late night and um the baby needs to go to bed and all that kind of stuff so we'll just use paper plates and i have no problem using paper plates because i can just turn around and throw them right in the compost pile so thoughts on hydroponics i prefer to grow in the soil i don't like to have to do all the the balancing myself i think hydroponics is fine for hobbyists and you know people that want to grow in closets or indoors that kind of thing um Generally, I, I don't I don't mess around with it. I'm not interested in it. I think it makes more sense than aquaponics because you're only trying to keep plants from dying rather than trying to keep plants and fish from dying. <coughs> Do I miss those weird pickled red sausages at the gas station? Yeah, I don't eat those. That's I, I do miss pork rinds. No, actually, I could still get pork rinds occasionally. It depends on where I am. Where is Laura Schwager? She's not here tonight. The Alada, okay, Mahmoud says, the Alada just arrived, looks like chunks as big as two thumbs. Thanks for your yelling, mama. Just, do I sprout them like sweet potatoes? No, look up my, look up, look up my planting yams video and look up uh, on my website. 
to see. I, I put ashes around the edges and I plant them in the ground. They don't really sprout like sweet potatoes. They're, they're different. They're weird. Uh, Michael says, David just bought your book, Free Plants for Everyone. Also, any tips on growing plants that like colder climate in South Florida? A little bit. I experimented with apples, uh, but that was in North Florida. Um, generally, there are some things you can push down there. It's the chill hours of the issue. They need a certain amount of cold. A lot of stuff needs a certain amount of cold to set the timer off that tells it to bloom. But you can bypass that in apples and in mulberries by hand stripping all the leaves off, uh, like in the spring. You just strip all the leaves off of it, and the tree will burst into bloom. Craziest thing. And so you can get apples to produce. There's actually a guy that's growing some apples not far from me. He's only growing a few, like it only makes a few fruits, but it does grow. So it's easier to push some tropicals a little further north sometimes than the northern ones south. Is it a reasonable venture to prune uh, mulberries to a dwarf slash small size? Yeah, absolutely. You can you can uh, you can saw a mulberry tree to the ground and it will grow back in fruit the, the same year. <clears throat> Your enemies are the best compost material. That's true. LTEC says, do you have more fungus there than in the states? Yeah, fungus grows like all over the place regularly. Stuff stuff rots down. We have more issues with plants getting diseases. But on the other hand, um, there's there's really not that many mushrooms. I mean, there's a lot of like decay mushrooms that eat the edges of trees and and like shelf fungi and stuff. But there's not all the toadstools and everything. Like even in Florida, we would get bolets all over the place in our yard, and I think they they must like more cold. Why don't I have animals? Uh, I only moved to my land back in December. And plants are a really much better return on my time as well. And I only have a half an acre. So I don't, I don't bother with animals. I'm not really an animal person anyways. I prefer, I prefer plants. <clears throat> How do blueberries grow in Florida? Will they grow in Naples? Yes, you'd have to grow a southern highbush variety. There's a couple of them that will grow in Naples. Let's see what else we got here. <clears throat> Ed says, when you strip the leaves off of an apple tree, is it after they've started leafing out? Well, in the tropics, what happens is the apples are covered in leaves that just hang on for a really, really long period of time. And they get old and beat, and then they put a few more leaves on, and they look they, they, they start to get tired out, but there's no cold to strip them off. So you strip them off yourself, all of them. Uh, I wouldn't do it when it was actively growing. I would do it when it's not actively growing to stimulate a growth and bloom cycle. <clears throat> Christine says, I'm in zone 6B. What is your recommended best fruit for northern growing? Uh, my favorite for zone 6 when I was in Tennessee was the pear. I just love pears. I had multiple varieties of pears. I found them to be very productive, very low work. And I made pear cider and pear salsa and pear sauce. Um, it was fantastic. I even made pear brandy. Um, man, pears were fantastic. Uh, I would also, though, I would grow mulberries because I love mulberries. I would I would probably grow gooseberries. I kind of like gooseberries, and um, and I would put in a few apples, and I would put some some high chill varieties of peaches and plums, cherries if I could pull it off. I would grow American persimmon as well. I love those, and I would grow chestnuts. I'm a big fan of chestnuts. Very good survival tree, and I like the way they taste. <clears throat> 
<laughs> Pastor John says I should do a video about aquaponic fails. Maybe some clips from other YouTubers. What do you think? Yeah, that's funny. Well, thank you, Arkansas Woodcutter. I much appreciate it. He says, uh, thank you for the wonderful information. It's been my pleasure to experience it live with you. In less than an hour, I have a lot of research directions to go look up. That's what I do. I mean, this is like, I, I this is what God made me to do. You know, when I was, um, when I was a kid, um, my, my mom said, David, you should be a teacher. You sh you really could be a teacher when you grow up. And I'm like, I don't want to be a teacher because all I'm picturing is like a, a room full of kids and I've got to be the leader and teach all of them. But as I got older and I got into gardening and I started writing, you know, I, I was in gardening from the time I was little, but when I really started writing seriously about gardening almost 10 years ago now, uh, I realized I am a teacher. <laughs> People were like, Oh, thank you. You showed me how to grow sweet potatoes. Oh, thank you. You introduced me to a new crop. Oh, thank you. You taught me how to grow a key wet, you know, a key lime in Georgia. The kind of stuff that other people were not really teaching on, and there's not a lot of information for people that are really, really into gardening. There's a lot of the same stuff over and over. Don't put these five things in your compost pile. I would always ask, I would always why? Ask. And then I would put them in my compost pile and see what happens. I mean, it's that's what we do. You know, experiment, and then I would write about it. And, and what I was doing was becoming a teacher, and I didn't even realize it. My mom was absolutely right that I should be a teacher. It's just in a different format than I expected. And I and I always thought I would be a writer. I didn't realize that I would be a YouTuber, but multiple people said, go do YouTube. Uh, Justin Rhodes told me, he says, man, you got to really do the YouTube thing. And my publisher said, do YouTube. He said, I know that you're a, you're a you know, not a video guy to begin with, so... He says, and you would rather just write. He says, but you got to go to where people want to be, and YouTube's where they want to be, so go do it. So thank you. I really appreciate it. It's like I I, um, I feel like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I get to experiment in my garden, talk to a bunch of other gardeners, gather information from other gardeners. You know, somebody said, oh, with your, your mulch, you know, you don't like mulch. You should read, um, what's his name, somebody Montgomery. So that evening, I hadn't read him before. That evening, I went and I bought his book. So I'll, I'll read them. Why not? You know, it's no-till gardening guy. I'll read it. Um, I love that sort of thing. I, I've gleaned information from all kinds of people. I've gleaned some information from Elliot Coleman. Even though, <laughs> you know, it's not really useful to me in the tropics, most of it, it's fascinating. I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, do stuff with Nikki sends a $5 super chat. Thank you very much. There's like a, a fat pair lifting weights. I don't even know how you do that, but that's cool. Scott, thank you very much for the, the $10 super chat. Um, Expat Prepper says, LTAC Sims, contact me on my YouTube channel. Um, that was held in moderation. So LTAC, you can contact Expat Prepper on the YouTube channel. I just let it out of moderation in case it doesn't show up at the bottom where you see it. Um, Scott says, my figs produce from one to four years. Depends on variety. I've seen that too. And, and generally, they're pretty fast from cuttings. Ah, Vitamix Mixer sounds good. Uh, Jennifer says, have not gotten lemon tree to fruit, grew from seed. How long does it take? Uh, it's about three to five years usually. Lemons are pretty fast, maybe six years. Yes, and I'm homeschooling <laughs> nine kids. My wife does most of it, though. I, I teach them gardening, and I teach them writing. We, we have a lot of fun with the writing. The kids will write a paragraph. I'll give them an assignment. They'll write a paragraph, and then we will rewrite it together at the table. 
and make it tight, make it sharp, and and make it interesting. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I hate mulch. Absolutely hate mulch. Brad, thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, Karen says, David the Good, love all of your new subscribers. You should mention channel membership perks so that you get more members. Yes, um, I have given away quite a few things to my channel members. If you're if you want to join this channel, you can do so. There is a uh, become a member somewhere. You'll see it on your screen. I'm seeing it from the back end of the the YouTube studio, but. Um, you should be able to see a become a member, and if you become a member, you get to use the machete icon, the green thumb icon, and the behemoth icon, but I also have put up uh, books and videos for members only, so I have some stuff that I have just put out there for my members. I really appreciate the ongoing support. It's nice to have that base support that is not reliant on AdSense, so it's a good system. I appreciate that. Um, I, I didn't even think of it. I'm, I'm, I'm not like a great marketer. <laughs> Um thank you Carolyn for the for the the super chat. Do glad to see your live stream. This I really miss. I'm glad I could do it. Thank you. Uh let me see. <clears throat> yeah, some people say the Discord is better for streaming than YouTube. Maybe. And I also have an unauthorized channel. Unauthorized.tv has some of my videos including the new one on starting a garden with double digging and basically no tools, you know, as simple as possible, simple garden thing. And it's, it's pretty funny. I produced that for the Grow Network. So for those of you that are not unauthorized subscribers, you'll be able to see it in a couple of weeks when the, um, the Grow Network's Homegrown Food Summit comes in. So that will be soon, and I'll, I'll put a link to that soon. Thank you, Demetra. I appreciate that. Demetra sends a $5 super chat. <laughs> like forget Mordred. Yeah. That's funny. I've been reading Bullfinch's mythology, uh, the age of chivalry and reading, reading about the, the knights. It's fantastic. Some of the old Welsh legends are unbelievable. <clears throat> okay. Tony says, it says join next to where you subscribe. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tony. Aloha, Susan. Have a good night. Well, I gotta wrap well, this I gotta wrap up this because um, it's gonna get dark up here, and I have to hike back down the mountain before it gets dark. Oh, summit is next week, man! I gotta put up the. I I don't even think I signed up properly. I'm supposed to have all of my stuff signed up for them, so I better deal with that. Anyhow, you guys, um, thank you for the super chats this evening. Let me go through here. Um, if I missed anything? Did I miss anything? All right, so uh, what I wanted to see, generally I can see everybody that sent a super chat like all at once, but it doesn't allow me to do that now. So yeah, Scott says, I have to hike up to the summit to get super chats now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Karen, thank you. Yeah, I have an unauthorized channel as well, which you you can subscribe to. If you don't want to give money to uh, Google, unauthorized is where you go subscribe. If you just want to support what I'm doing, that's the way you do it. I don't grow on hay, no. I do have a Patreon. If you look up David the Good on Patreon, you'll find it. Um, a lot of people said I should do Patreon, so I get off of the whole, you know, I'm not tied to, to one ecosystem, so I did it. 
So have a good night, everybody. Thank you very much um, to our super chatters. Thank you very much to the subscribers. Thanks to the bears for joining us this evening. And all of my regular good gardeners, God bless all of you. Um, I hope that you have great success this spring in your gardens as we get through this big mess together. I, we're, I think we're going to be fine. It's in God's hands. It's not in our hands. I'm not worried. Don't be worried. Go out, garden, get some vitamin D and plant some good stuff. If you have extra weight, lose the weight. If you have bad habits, ditch the bad habits. Get in the best shape of your life and pray. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm in, I'm in great shape. I'm down to 152 pounds. Wow. All that going up and down the hill. Oh my gosh. I don't think if I hike every day, I'm, I'm going to waste away to nothing. So anyhow, no, I do have ads on YouTube. Just, uh, I just, uh, the subscriber thing is, is a way to, you know, watch stuff without all the ads and stuff. Some of it. So anyhow, yeah, have a great night. Uh, God bless you all. And until next time, may your thumbs always be green.